what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. I'm with the band. Music and interviews you're going to like. This is Chad Austin, and you're listening to I'm with the band on the Mesh.tv network. On this episode, we introduce Tim Gallagher from Statesville, North Carolina. Tim, welcome to the show. But before we begin, we got to do a shout out to our sponsor, which is the Main Cellar City Club, located in beautiful downtown Hickory. Uh, it's an event music venue. They also have great food upstairs, which is not on this list, but we need to talk about because I think the food's great. Uh, we have some upcoming events there coming, like... Uh, Little River Band, Bad Company, and a few others that we can't talk about yet. Uh, you can check out more at, uh, of us on the Mesh.tv uh, website. And the voicemail line is 828-619-0048 for any suggestions that you may or may not have. Tim, sorry for all that. That's, that's <laughs> amazing that you can read all that and that eloquently and get it out. So I would admit, I'd have you thought that was eloquent? Well, th- this is about my 20th time. <laughs> thanks. Well, Tim, thanks for coming today. And you came in from Statesville. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about your stomping grounds. So, you know, we heard earlier that you actually were born in Hickory, but you moved straight out to, to yep. Ohio County. So, has that been your basis for everything that you do uh, musically? Uh, well, kind of, sort of. I, I spent so much time in Hickory. Um, no, Statesville's, I don't really get out too much around Statesville. I'm, I played drums with Nathan Hefner for a long time, so Hickory was kind of the area. But no, it was like Savannah, Georgia, Charleston. Those kind of areas were. Now that you brought up Nathan Hefner for the for the audience, Nathan Hefner is a guy who plays a lot of standards, does a lot of jazz stuff, uh, a really good piano player, show tune type of guy, and uh, he plays a lot of smaller venues that uh, cater to like uh, one person and a piano and that kind of thing. And so you play with him. Yeah, I cut my teeth for a while. Um, I had played with uh, Abe Reed for a long time from the Blue Rags, and I kind of got thrown in the fire musically. And then I just went from him to jazz because jazz paid better, blues paid better than rock gigs because it's like, let's get a gig, 20 bucks, yeah, split four ways. Yeah, right. Yeah, so I kind of got savvy because I didn't want to work at a grocery store. Really? So I didn't know you were a jazz drummer. Yeah, I did that from, I played from, well, not like, as like the West Powers, Rick Klein level. Those guys were the greats, Rick Dilling. Mm-hmm. But um, I started when I was 16 playing punk and just kept going and kept going until I was probably 22, 23. Took a break. You were playing punk. I did everything, but yeah, I started playing punk. Yeah. So you took the Stuart Copeland route. I, man, I grew up like when everybody was listening to hair metal. Yeah. I would sneak into my brother's bedroom and I would pull his Black Flag records out and his Minor Threat records. Yeah. When I was twelve years old, I was like, "This is it." <laughs> That's crazy. But then, yeah, just my mother's a jazz person, and my had family members that were jazz drummers, so just kind of went into that. Because I didn't like school too much anyway. School's great. It's a good thing. It's a great thing. My daughters will be doctors and lawyers, and they will never pick up a guitar if I can help it. Right. You know, but it's never raging until you're trying to get a job. Right. Right. You try to get a job, you wish you would have stuck in there, stayed in there, and got that master's or PhD. That's right. That's right. What you do now is solo. You do uh, guitar and voice. Yep. I'm a singer songwriter. So when did you pick up the guitar along the way? Uh, well, years ago when I took a break from drumming, I wanted to work around playing a little bit of guitar because when I was a kid I'd pick up anything and play it I just loved and I would write when I was five and six just stupid you know silly things but uh met Henry River through Nathan 
a previous guest. Yep. And we got to playing a little bit and picking and uh, started writing. But then I met a girl, fell in love, got married, um, had kids, built a house. and just You built the house yourself? Yeah, yeah. Me and my father and some help, some friends. Really? And uh, led the family man domestic life for five, six years or so. But then uh, when my wife passed away, it was pretty kind of instant. I went out and I got a guitar and I sat down and it just became just grinding wheels of, I was, so I'd put the girls to bed and from eight, nine o'clock, I would stay up till six, seven in the morning, just playing and writing. I probably wrote 14, 15 songs my first week, got a lot of stuff out. And in the next six months, I would write two songs a week. I would get tired, put the guitar down for six months, pick it back up again, mm-hmm. write 50, 60 more songs. Wow. And just a battle of, okay, just getting, I'm maybe coping right. with life. You know, sure. And it's tiring. Because you have any kids, you got to put them to bed or feed them, put them to bed. And then you stay up till two, three o'clock in the morning, like you're talking about trying to play earlier. Sure. Because <laughs> you got to write and you got to bone up and you got to do this and you got to do that. And you don't have time during the day. Then you get up at five thirty in the morning, take kids to school, come back, start pounding coffee, and do it all over again. Some zombie half the time. So you would say that the Tim Gallagher experience has been going on for about five years. Uh, with everything that's drawn into the writing, um, all together, yeah, probably safe to say. So when did you start performing? Uh, I kind of got just fell into it. Um, I knew I wanted to get out. I was getting tired of sitting on my couch writing all this material, going crazy. And uh, a friend of mine referred me to a guy that runs a folk grass night in Morrisville, uh, Matt Lindy, known as Matt in the Hat. Met him, started playing some of his uh, songwriter showcases. And then it just just kept going, kept going, kept going. Then I went to Nashville and did a, a songwriters festival, met some really cool people there, made some friends, and I uh, came back. And it's, I tried to, honestly stop a little while ago because I was just kind of getting in one of my moods I'm like oh, I should just go to work do that nine to five thing but I, the ball's rolling too much I can't so what are you doing outside of singer songwriting work while I do odd jobs we had a family grading business for a long time <laughs> but about the same time as the girl's mom passed the economy fell out so uh, pretty much I am a full-time working musician you ever played the evening muse in Charlotte? No, never been there. It's a good singer-songwriter listening environment. That's good stage. Tells me the way everybody's lined up is that they're very attentive. Yeah. And, uh, I love attentive. I've gotten used to the loud bar. So I've had to adjust my sets a bit to be able to not have things thrown at me. Stop being so sad, that kind of thing. Because <laughs> I'll play and I'm like, oh, you know, I just have to depress myself or I'll put myself to sleep sometimes. I'm like, okay, i got to change it. <laughs> Yeah, and it's, this winter's looking really good, though. Um, got a good show in January at a, a group called Be The Moon. And I've got some radio coverage coming. They're going to start playing one of my songs. And then we're going to do some shows in Virginia, Charleston, the coast. We're probably going to start touring a lot this winter. Oh, good for you. Which I'm, yeah. I don't want to ever be gone too long at a time, but you got to get out there and grind it. And That's right. Because you know, you're not going to do it sitting at home. You're not going to do it talking about it. you got to go out sometimes and play that gig for tips. Mm-hmm. You got to play on the street corners, make people listen to you. you know? Are you ever going to really make a great living at it? Uh, probably not. If you're that nine percent out of a hundred, give it a good shot anyway. 
give it a go. What, do you, what else you got to lose? You know? Are you going to do anything with a band accompaniment? I know the reason why I'm asking is I, I went through your videos, and uh, there was one video you had. Um, it's been a long past. Mm-hmm. And you had a group of guys credited as S- SBLA. Yeah, the, uh, the evolving group of the short bus love affair. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, that's uh, Matt in the Hats, baby. And that group always has just different people coming in and out. You know, it's like a bunch of freelancers almost. Some guys will catch this gig and we'll catch that gig. And they're going to be playing with me at the 3B Festival. Well, let's talk about the 3B Festival. 3B, for the audience listening, is Blues, Bluegrass, and Barbecue. It's October 6th at Fiddler's Grove in Union Grove mm-hmm. in Statesville. And so why don't you give us some background about uh, the 3B? It uh, started for um, well, American Renaissance School. It's a charter school um, right in downtown Statesville. It's, it's a really it's amazing learning facility. Um, small classrooms, the teachers really, they focus on what the kids are doing. You don't get left in the back and left behind kind of thing. Right. <laughs> but with a lot of charter schools, sometimes budgets, state budgets, state budget cuts. Especially yeah. the last couple of years, yeah. Public, in general, public schools. So they started this festival. Um, I think Jim Duffy and the, uh, the gays kind of, help put it together with the help of uh, Jessica Duncan and the Fiddler's Grove place. And uh, they, I'm not sure the first one because my daughter wasn't there yet. She's just in second grade now. But um, they used the money from the ticket sales and, and vendors to pay for technologies, computers, and sciences. And it helps out a lot. So it helps. It's a good shot in the arm to keep the school going. Jim Abbott, he's helped out. He helped out last year. And um, I kind of got, there's some people found my music, found my daughter was there, and word just kind of spread a little bit, and I was asked to, to help out and be a part of it, and of course. I love kids anyway. Um, and Jim was very nice enough to do a video with me. I had uh, Laura Creasy come out from L.A. She flew out to shoot it. Took time off of two um, big-budget pictures. She's an assistant editor. But I got some, got some stuff out of it for me out of it, some pictures and whatnot. Oh, that's good. But, yeah, put it together, and Jim was great, man. That guy's... He's got such a knowledge of like real honky tonk music, like the good stuff. Like the still got a little bit of the blues in it. Yeah. And I got just as big as a kick out of listening to him play old stuff. I was like, whoa, you know, I heard that when I was seven years old, and I forgot about it since then, kind of thing. Yeah. But he's a super guy, and um, he brings clout too with the Avid name. Yeah. It's always his sons, the Avid brothers. Right. They're off doing their thing, doing great. So it's kind of cool. They're, and they're just they're just people right down the street, kind of family. No big gates guarded, you know, like security, this and that. They're just country boys, I guess. Yeah, but that's sometimes the more down-to-earth. Uh, there's a reach that that kind of music has to some people that you really have to see it live to really to really appreciate it. I want to ask something about playing out again. Um, I saw that you go to Raleigh. Are you been going to Raleigh? <laughs> I love Raleigh. I'm playing a benefit there, a lady, to send her mother to Duke, I think, for... Neuro, neurological thing um, but yeah I got some stuff coming up at the poorhouse yeah I was going to ask you if you were going to the poorhouse yeah, great place to play, to play. Man, that's yeah. like, you know bands like Luchero and Caitlin Carey Small Ponds American Aquarium mm-hmm. American Aquarium packs that place out that's a great night there's a singer songwriter from Gastonia who is if you're in the TV writing music for TV she is the, the person and she just lives a few miles away her name is Vaughn Penn and uh 
I was her session player for about a year and we played out there. That was one of my favorite places to play. And that got me tuned into a lot of the singer songwriters that have been out uh, on the scene. And there's so many of them out there. I, I really wish there were more places like that that supported that style of music. I mean, you've got your coffee shops around here, and that's good, but they don't really have, I mean, you can get 20 people in there, maybe maybe Live's 30. It's a bit different, too, because it's, it's, it's really sterile. Yes, yeah. A little too sterile sometimes. Right. Well, uh, Tim, why don't you let us hear what you're all about and take us into uh, a song? Okay. I'll start off with a song, uh, which she don't know. What she don't know won't hurt her so bad. No breeze gonna blow to carry words we've never had. But I'll try not to tell us all. She's my saddest song and These sheets don't show Her outline anymore and Her clothes don't hang On the bedroom door But I'll try not to tell her so She's my saddest song But she runs from me And I know All is done, she'll run and come home to me. This home she leaves runs far and wide. for hope to hide But I'll try not to tell her so She's my saddest song But she
Main Cellar City Club, Hickory's premier music venue, is the place to go for music events, wedding dinners or receptions, company retreats, reunions, and more. Contact Main Cellar at 828-345-6246 or find us on Facebook and Twitter for all your entertainment updates. And we're back, and you're listening to I'm with the band on the Mesh.TV network. Uh, we have Tim Gallagher here. That's who just got through playing. And uh, Tim, I wanted to ask you if you collaborate with other musicians. Uh, not too much. Um, sitting around passing ideas kind of, but I don't really co-write with anybody. Um, there's some that I would, I would be cool with, but they all seem to live like in New York or California. Right. It makes it kind of difficult. Um, I draw a lot from some friends that we sit around and play, not lyrically or anything, but like music-wise. Because um, sometimes my guitar playing, it is not where it, I would want it to be. But um, I'm pretty much just a... I write, I'm, a, I'm a draft sketch writer anyways. I'll sit down and get, bang something out, and there it is. And uh, I don't take time to really overthink arrangements, and I'm just kind of moving on to the next one, the next one, the next one, the next one, the next one. Sometimes my friends will sit back and say, hey, well, let's... Let's stretch this little section out here. You could use some color here and there. Because I'm like, oh, cool. Okay, that's great. Yeah. So you probably would benefit from working with a, a producer more than you would as another singer-songwriter. Yeah. Um, and I, don't, I'm a, I wouldn't say I'm a bully on the paper, um, but I'll have a story or a, a vision of something about it, and maybe sometimes I'd be afraid that I would maybe step on somebody's toes writing too. Right. Because I wouldn't want to do that because – I like to try to think I'm the nicest guy in the world. Right. And, um, I would be so afraid to say, well, hey, let's change that line. Like, your ideas are crap. Right. Nah, Collab- collaboration can be tough. Yeah. And egos clashing. Sure. Because when you, when you put the guitar back in the guitar case, you're supposed to put your ego in there with it. Right. We all, we all know how that goes. <laughs> yeah, right. It kind of sticks for a couple of days. And That's right. It hangs out kind of like yeah. the, uh, the, uh, the tongue of a clam. Yeah. It's always there. <laughs> Drummers and frontmen. <laughs> um, so I spent some time on Reverb Nation on your uh, on your page, and uh, the, all the songs you have on there, some are not available for download, but most of them are. Mm-hmm. Why are the ones that are chosen not to download? Why were they chosen? How come you can't download the songs? That's probably an accident. I do that a lot. Yeah, I probably just wouldn't pay attention when I loaded it, <laughs> and I just probably shuffled through it. Um, I've got SoundCloud there. I love SoundCloud. Through. <laughs> Recently, though, um, with the help of a friend, Matt Lindy, he uh, plugged in Matt a lot for some reason. He built a website for me, and it's almost done. It's actually, you can go to it now, and um, there's links. What's the address? Uh, TimGallagher.com. Well, there you go. And, uh, and that's pretty much going to be the, the flagship. And for those of you who uh, are listening, the way that is spelled is T-I-M-G-A-L-L-I-H-E-R. Dot com. Dot com. Dot com. Um, Now, according to Reverb Nation's singer-songwriter charts for Statesville, North Carolina, you are number one. I am number one. (laughs) That a kick in the pants. And how many other artists are there from Statesville, North Carolina? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) There's there's a few. There's, um, I think there's maybe four or five on there. There's... But see, I don't really take reverb charts too seriously because you'll have one guy that's a ragtime blues artist and he's over here in Americana. You got this guy that's in the metal and he's over here in singer-songwriter. It's 
I mean, the the plays I think is what kind of takes. Like if you, I think I'm close to probably 1,800 song plays. Mm-hmm. And if you take that, I'll, sometimes I look at other areas like say Memphis or something or Norfolk, Virginia, and I'm usually five or six hundred ahead of their number ones in bigger areas. So I'm like, no, that's good. It's comforting sometimes. Yeah, sure. I, yeah, I have to not look at that stuff though because I'm the most self-deprecating. Yep, I said that right. I think that was good. Yes. Um, person like I you know like my voice gets on my nerves and my, my lyrics get on my nerves and my, my plan gets on my nerves my boots get on my nerves sometimes your boots my even my boots will sometimes even aggravate <laughs> there's your new uh, your song my, lyric yeah my boots yeah my boots ain't talking to me no more or something you know uh I'm the same way uh I can't stand to listen to myself uh sing speak I don't mind listening to myself play that's a whole other story, but that's where I really started musically. And, you know, it's not my voice, and I can control yeah. that a lot more. I can't control the way my voice sounds. It's either this voice or no voice. It takes a while to get used to that. Uh, yeah, and I admire people who can do that and get past that enough to where they can listen to their voice and actually make it go where they want it to go. Yeah. I'm still thinking about, oh, I can make it go somewhere near there, but I really don't like the way it's getting there. Yeah, sometimes it's, it goes where it goes. That's right. Well, I didn't hear anything horrendous. I listened to everything. I thought it was fantastic. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. Except for that one note. But that one note, besides that one note. I thought I'd fix that. <laughs> Sorry about that. What do you use to record with? Uh, just at home, just for roughing out, I've got a um, a PC set up, uh, PreSonus. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good software. It's um, really easy to use. It's not too bad. It's kind of, I guess, the PC equivalent of Pro Tools. Sure. Um. And see, I've been making a record now for about a year, and my ADD keeps me from finishing it. Sure. Pretty much. I think sometimes I uh, I need to just sit in a room with a group of guys and roll tape and let it go, and that's it. Because if I've got everything in my hands, I'm always going back, and I'm cutting this, or I'm, I'm adding this, oh, yeah. I'm taking this, instrument, I'm doing that. And I'm like, now my biggest thing is i got to buy a banjo. And I want to buy my own fiddle, so I can just, instead of like calling this person, trying to get them in two weeks from now... I'll take a few days, learn a part, figure a part out, and I'll just record and be done with it. That's right. Sure. That'd be cool. But um, about a year and a half ago, I was wanting to go up to Connecticut. And I was going to make a record there. Why there? Uh, there's a guy up there, um, Eric Lichter. Uh, he's awesome. Um, he's, he owns Dirt Floor Studios, which Dirt Floor is pretty known in the Northeast in the folk world. Hmm. And uh, he's just, his studio is like, it's all vintage. It's huge. And every, like piece of equipment in there was used on some famous record at some oh, cool. point in time and the vibe and uh his, his he's an awesome producer and, um, so like i was looking at him I was like he's the kind of guy that can like put me in a room and point me in the direction and get everything out that i'd want to get out without my tangents and how sometimes i'll go off on another world and okay well i'm writing a course oh wait this is a whole other song i can't do that kind of thing et cetera, et cetera. but i just money i couldn't get up there. i couldn't put it together Right to work it out. Well, the songs that you've got on Reverb Nation, did you record those all live at one time, or did you go through, cut the guitar, go back, dub uh, in the? The way I have to do it is um, I tried doing like everything at once. Mm-hmm. It's hard balance. I didn't, I would need like another condenser mic. Mm-hmm. It's like some reason like the mic in my guitar is just too hot for the plug-in. Right. Um. So, but I'll just lay the guitar track down, then I come over top and I'll lay the vocal, and then I'll lay whatever else I'm doing 
if I can grab a socket wrench, I'll try to do a slide track or something. Right. I actually went and bought a glass slide the other day. I was pretty happy about that. Uh, ironically, I just bought a slide Saturday, a little brass one. Yeah. Yeah. I was excited. I was <laughs> yeah. Like, you got a slide? Well, I had one. I don't know what happened to it. And I don't need them that often. Every yeah. once in a while, I got one part. Yeah. That's too funny. Once yeah. in a while, it's like, yeah, this one little line right here. Yeah. Little... The slide stars are coming together. Yeah. So we had to have, everyone had to go out and buy a slide. <laughs> we, must, we must blog about that. <laughs> so you said you've almost got an album done. So I guess the question of how many albums was going to be a mute point. So this would be your first album. Yep. This would be my, I've, I've written probably 12 albums worth of material. Easy. Um, the, the, the crap that didn't go in a shoebox. Sure. I've got shoe boxes of junk that I wouldn't even play for my yeah. daughters. Yeah. But I think music, I've got enough stuff stored back that's valid to me. I would say to maybe put out three back to back albums. Just like right now, if I could go in a studio, I could probably do three albums worth. Why don't you just take the songs you've already got recorded and just put them out? I'm thinking about doing that. I think I'm just going to maybe an EP. Yeah, yeah. Because I can concentrate on an EP because that's it's not too much, it's not too many songs to think about. Mm hmm. Just a really strong six-song thing, and um, cheap to manufacture. Yeah, nothing I, fancy. Just like a, I like the vinyl record style sleeves. Yeah. Anyway, so something really low budget. We had a a guy in here. Uh, he used to live here. Now he's in Nashville. Uh, Maddie McCree, thank you. And uh, that's what he's in the process of doing. He's got a, a record deal, and they're putting out EPs because yeah. they can put out more EPs. Over a quicker over uh, a period of time, as to putting out an album, waiting a year and putting out an album, yeah. that was a pretty smart idea. I thought. I think if you probably look at the mixing and mastering fees that go along with probably mastering a whole entire extended play, <coughs> that would probably be even a little. Uh, I, I'm thinking, and I'm being hypocritical in saying this, but uh, I'm thinking that if you are a musician who is writing a whole lot of uh, material and you want to get it out there. That there's enough software out there where you can do it all by yourself. Now, yeah. granted, I know in the grand world you should master it. Let some let another set of ears listen to it. But to get somebody who's quality, you're looking at seven seven hundred to a thousand dollars. Easy, yeah. easy, easy. And that's if you're getting a quality person. Yeah. Um, otherwise, they're just going to do the same thing you're doing. They're going to set and forget. They're going to say, "Oh, your acoustic music. I got an acoustic preset for this." Yeah. And there you go. Yeah. But. Uh, Go ahead and put it out, and you can regret it later because you're going to regret it later anyway after you put it out. <laughs> if you're like me, you're like, man, I should have never put that album out. Uh, Everything is definitely hands-on today. You can go out and buy a laptop, buy a few mics, buy a Firebox, and you can go. That's right. And, and I've heard time with it. You can learn to mix yourself, and you can learn to touch on some mastering. As mm -hmm. well. It's like I have the word, like compressors. I'll turn a compressor on to adjust levels, but I can't get the fuzz. I'm like, well, where's the where's a fuzz button? I'm still trying to find the easy button for the fuzz. You know, where's the take this fuzz off the track? And I still can't find it. So. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, everything will be just fuzzy, I guess. Let's talk some long-term goals. Um, so you're wanting to get the album done. Mm -hmm. uh, you're hoping to go on tour soon. Yep. Uh, so where do you see yourself in uh, three years? In three years, I would um, definitely like to maybe hopefully be comfortably self-sustaining. Right. Um, nothing a lot, but I mean, I'm not sweating tomorrow. You know, because I do have a mortgage and I do have two kids. Right. Um, traveling, of course, maybe luck up and sell a couple songs to the right person and just sit back and collect those checks. And, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, sit at home and record and write and just watch it go away. Right. Yeah, yeah, but I, I don't, I like the road. I love to travel. So hopefully, maybe doing something consistent or being consistent with at least providing 
for the family. Mm-hmm. Like I, said, I wish I could be a college kid again, or or maybe not in college, but at that age again. And sure. The road. You know, oh yeah. Saltine crackers and bottled water is all you need at that age. You know? Yeah, really. <laughs> and ramen noodles. Ramen noodles, yeah. Yeah. I, didn't know, I met a guy that they was talking about eating them raw. I was like, they're delicious. I'm like, ooh. Must have been in jail, I think. Or something. See, I didn't eat ramen noodles when I was younger until about I tried them about eight years ago, nine years ago, and I flipped out because they were so good. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then I was like. Why are they so good? And I went and looked and sodium contents like eighteen hundred. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, and here I am putting mushrooms in it and chicken, and the yeah. sodium contents probably like three thousand. We lived off those at sixteen. Oh yeah, um, ramen noodles, soy sauce, and Worcestershire sauce. Oh yeah, salt and pepper. And oh yeah. Well, Tim, thank you for coming in today. Well, thanks. For I've enjoyed talking to you. Thank you so much. And uh, maybe you can play us a track uh, on our way out. I will. I wrote one the day before yesterday called Miles and Miles. I think I'll do that one. That sounds great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. This is Chad Austin signing off. Along the 
stone cold That's how I You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.